What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the No Regrets Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Johnny Morton. And I'm Carla. Joined by my beautiful wife, Carla. I just jumped right on in there, didn't I? Well, that's okay. You tend to do that a lot. So that's okay that you do that. Uh, All right. Tonight, we've actually got some listener questions that we're going to be. But before we do that, we want to put out a plug for uh, an event we have coming up in October. And so if you're listening to this in the future, then... If you're listening in the future. That's right. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> but you know what I mean. If you're listening in the future, then this event may have already passed, where it's going to be October 20th and 21st, 2023. And we're going to be doing a, a premarital preparation weekend. It's called Heart to Heart Before You Say I Do. And so we would love for you, if you know anybody that's engaged or thinking about getting engaged or even newly married, this would be a great weekend for them as we talk about some of the foundations for having a really strong marriage. You know, I was doing some research the other day and the average couple in this country spends about 500 hours preparing for their actual wedding day. That's a lot of hours. That's a lot of hours. And comparatively, I don't think couples are spending that much time preparing for the marriage. And so that's what this weekend event is about. And you can go to our website, noregrets.org, and find out more about it. But if you know anyone you think would benefit, please share that with them. All right. Tonight, we've got some listener questions. Yes. So we're glad to get to this. We mentioned this in the last weeks, asking people, would they send in something, tell us a topic or a question they were interested in. And obviously, we've had some guests um, over the last week, so hopes you're catching all those podcasts. But we wanted to start getting to some of the questions. All right. So the first question is kind of funny when we saw this. Why do you spell no regrets with a Z? Because oh. I think people think we misspelled it or something. Or, or it's a, you get that it's a no cute thing. Regrets or red rugrats mess. I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, you okay. hear all sorts of things. But, hey, why did we decide to use a Z with our ministry name? No regrets. Am I supposed to answer this? Yes, ma'am. It's all up to you. Ah, uh, okay. Some of you have maybe heard the our part of our story um, that we share sort of way back at the beginning of our podcast. And our oldest son's name was Zach, and or his name was Zachary. We called him Zach, and Zach died when he was eighteen. And after that, at some point, we wrote um, wrote our first book, which was about. Um, losing Zach and sort of the grief journey. It's called Furious Love, a, heart, a walk through the heart of grief. and um, A journey through the heart of grief. Oh, sorry, okay. I said it wrong, didn't I? Sorry, my bad. Um, anyway, I think initially we were going to call it walk, and then we changed it to a journey. That's what it was. That's what it was. Um, anyway, okay, back to the Z. So, but z- we, we started um, sort of a ministry out of the idea of grief and trying to help couples, people that had had losses and losses come in all different ways. But so we we formed what we called No Regrets. And it was in in honor and memory of Zach, because what we thought and felt as parents in losing a child was that with Zach, we really didn't have any regrets about how we had raised him and what we had done. So that was where the Z came from. 
Yeah, and so all of us, I think, we would love to come to the end of our lives and look back and and think, man, I don't have any regrets for anything that we did. But I don't think anybody has that chance. We live in a fallen world. We still struggle with sin. And I think all of us, we do. There's things we wished we hadn't done, things we wished we did do that we didn't, things we wish we hadn't said, things we wish we had said. And that really became sort of that theme, one for our family and ultimately our ministry and really encouraging couples now in their marriages, man, to have that as their goal, that they are going to do everything they can to build the marriage that they want to have so that they don't have to look back sometime later with regret. Yeah. And, and we, in, in the situation with Zach, we didn't feel like we did per se. We obviously did some with our marriage. And like Johnny said, so we ended up deciding to keep the name as we moved into marriage ministry, because again, we wanted to help couples have that as a goal. So you didn't have regrets. All right. So there you go. That's why we end it with a Z. It is not a misspelled word. (laughs) We did know what we were doing with that one. Okay. All right. Let's look at the next question. And really, there are two questions that were pretty similar to each other. And both of them had to do with just the busyness and the chaotic schedules that I think most couples find themselves in. Um, So what did the question say? Question said this. Uh, First question. uh, Hey, how do you find time to connect with each other when life is so crazy? Mm. And the other question similar says, hey, what do you do when you don't really even have time to have a date night? Mm. Wow. Okay. Uh, Do you want to start? Well, I I think both of those, I think they're a little bit different, but I think the same thing. We talk about the importance of a date night, and I think most couples understand that, that they need time for themselves. But, man, we, you know, we're in a stage of life, empty nesters now, that we've sort of moved beyond those chaotic days when children tend to dominate your time. And especially if you've got young children, they take even more attention than the older ones do. And so... That is one of the things, and I think it's one of the, we've talked about it before. If you go back and listen to our podcast on the enemies of intimacy, and I think those questions reflect the struggle, that I think one of the big enemies is just busyness. And we live in a country that thrives on go, 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 go. Yeah. And I think it's that busyness, I think it's what both of those get to. I think that's sort of one of the big issues. So... If somebody asked you that, what's what kind of advice would you give them? Well, and in. probably people may wreck their cars or if they're listening, as I say, this part. But I'm going to say it from a perspective of having lived this part. I was also a mom who worked outside the home. And to be honest, I really didn't want to. Now, I loved what I did. I loved being a professional. I have loved my profession. But honestly, I didn't want to have to do it, but I needed to, and I had to. Okay, so that being said, I do think that in this, you got to hear it with ears of discernment if this is for you or not. But I do think sometimes when you're in certain seasons, and if you have several little children, let's say, and they're all really close together, 
and it is in the diaper, toddler, preschool stage, early elementary stage. That is a demanding stage as much as any other time in your life. It will not be the same way 10 years from now. So I would say two things. One, look at everything in your life and say, is this a season for it or not? Your marriage has to stay a priority, even in the busy, hard times. The challenge is, how do I do that with all these other demands? But what can maybe wait? What is there another season and another time to do? So I would say that. I would even say that about your career and work. And everybody's job, career, does not lend itself to flexibility, part-time, things like that. But I would add that we are living in a day, and certainly since post-COVID, where so many people are working in ways we never thought of five years ago. Virtually a mix of different things, so so many different ways to potentially work without maybe being gone as much. And so I would say, you know, when when mine when ours were little, what I did was I worked every crazy shift. I worked nights. I worked days. I worked weekends. I worked split shifts. But I did it around when Johnny might get help with the kids, when it would keep us from having to pay for daycare, to be honest. Um, and I did weird things at weird times to try and to try to keep it not full time if I could totally help it. And I realize that's different for everybody and some that won't work for. But I would say if there are ways to be creative in the years when they are smallest and it is so demanding, I would look at that. I really would. And because, again, it will not be, it won't even be that same way in five years. Well, but then it may be worse. Um, I, and let me just say this. Well, I was going to say that they may be in school and things yeah, like that. I understand that. that. But then here's where you run into the other. I know that's an incredibly Are you gonna argue with me? busy time. I'm not, oh, but I'm oh, just okay. looking at a different perspective. No, okay. I agree with you. Um, but we've seen the case, it's when the kids get older. Because then the kids, I mean, right now, the oh. little ones are just staying at home. It's just the it's constantness the of that. And, of and that. they're sick more often and your sleep's disturbed and all that. And then later on, it's the schedule, the scheduling. And they're going here and there. And you want to give them every opportunity. You want them to. So they're in three clubs and yeah, four in, sports. Oh, they and, play four sports at a time yeah. and they're doing piano recital. And, and then all you of still that. don't have a night. Yeah, and, and there's this idea that, hey, we need to do that for them. You know, I think that, you know, I've, I've said, I said, I think as much as anything, one of the biggest barriers to couples having the marriage they want is the busyness of life. Yeah. We have so filled it and stuffed it with things. I think many of the most powerful words you need to learn in marriage is no. There are so many good things, but as you said, it may not be the season. You may just say, need to say no. Not for, for right now. Yeah. yeah. And so that means, you know, when church calls and says, hey, we need you to, we need you to come help and do this. And you're thinking, well, it's church. I need to do this. Maybe you do. Maybe you that's don't. that's not your priority right now, your priority when it comes to marriage and family, first priority is always going to be your relationship with God. And that's personal, and that you spending time with him in prayer and scripture. Number two after that is your marriage. 
and then comes your children and everything else comes after those things. Which is hard. I mean, we I mean, we we live in the real world. I know that may sound like we don't, but we do and we've lived it and we know. But it is the power of the no then gives you the ability to have yes where it is going to be the greatest benefit and reward. But if you are saying yes to more things than you need to, you're going to feel it. And I can promise you, your marriage is going to feel it. And so what I would encourage you to do is, husband and wives, I would get together and I would just start making a list about, hey, what are our priorities going to be right now? And those first three need to be the top, your relationship with God, your marriage, and then your children. And And everything else comes after that. And if you don't have time for everything, even if, quote, they're good things, you need to just say, no, not right now. And and some of the things I would include in this that we've seen people struggle with, you know, it's that idea, let's take taking on extra shifts or taking on doing more work. And the idea is, well, I'm going to provide for my family doing that. But all it does is add to your schedule and time that you could be spending home with your children, with your spouse, that's been taken away. Well, and that's where I was saying. There's just so many hard decisions to make there. And one of the things, Scripture, you know, James says, if any man likes wisdom, let him ask God for it. And so really make it a matter of prayer and just say, God, God, we want our lives to be about the right things. Yeah. And so God, give us the wisdom to know when to say no. Yeah. And and again, it is hard. It's it's a hard call and it's going to look different for every couple. That's the other thing I would say. You're looking at somebody else and you're like, well, they seem to be juggling all the balls and they're both working and they're, but you don't know that they are and you don't know what other things they may not be doing or what theirs looks like. So you you can't really compare either. You got to do what's going to work for you. Anything else you want to say on the business? I just thing? I know I know it's a hard place, but I this is what I think. I think in 10 years if you're listening to this, 15 years, and you said to yourself, "You know what? I'm not going to take on extra stuff. I'm not going to every extra little event. I'm invited to a ladies' night out. I'm invited to this extra thing. I'm invited to a X kind of party, this kind of deal, that kind of deal, a shower here, or whatever there. Y'all, if you knew how many things in all my years that I said no to and didn't go to, it's crazy. But basically, I couldn't. It had to be my no. No, you could have. I could have, but I couldn't. I knew that I was never going to get down the road and look back and be regret that I missed somebody's shower or a Tupperware party or a Facebook whatever or a scrapbooking or whatever, fill in the blank. But I would regret time we didn't have as a couple or a family. I would regret that because that might be gone. So I would just say, do make the hard choices. All right. Let's move on. Um, another question. Uh, sort of, I guess, well, a question, a, sta- a statement and a question. Everything my husband does seems to irritate me. What oh. do I do? That, that you, can, you can relate to that because I know there are times in my life where everything I did really, really irritated you. Yeah. Hmm. 
This is probably more time. I don't have enough time really to cover this. Right. Co- you need a separate podcast. Uh, well, I probably on this need one. a separate podcast on this one. Um, you can't get. You don't get okay. that. All right. Let me just throw out a couple of little things, and maybe this is something we can revisit at another time because it's maybe something that's more um, prevalent. Yeah. Common. Than we realize. Yeah. So I, I definitely think we can get into dry, hard, difficult seasons. And we're rubbing up against each other. And what they are doing or not doing is driving us insane. And then the problem is we begin to see every single thing they're not doing or doing that irritates us. And the more that's what we see. It's like you put on those negative filter glasses. Oh, yeah. I got on my whatever kind of color. I got on my gray glasses. And every single thing is gray. And everything you say, everything you do, everything you don't do, it is filtered through that gray, you're not doing it right. And so it is like stepping on cow patties everywhere. They're everywhere. And I can't see anything that you're doing that is good. So I would say there is really good chance if that's where you are and that's where your mind is, you're going to have to really kind of do a a halt and say, okay, I got to sort of begin to get my mind realigned. Um, There are things that my spouse probably does that I do appreciate, even though there's these 12 things that are driving me crazy. So I got to try to think, what am I grateful for? What am I glad he is doing? Or I'm glad something he's not doing. You know, and I'm appreciative of that. And so begin to try to think about those things is one thing. And be mindful that you've kind of gone in a total negative, slippery slope. The other thing would be, depending on what we're talking about, is are these things that you really have got to sit down and talk to one another about? Are these little new little irritations that you, you may need to learn to deal with because it's their personality, it's their temperament? Um, what are, are they deeper things? And so are there issues that you really have got to sort of put on the table and start to work through? Yeah, I will. I'll add a couple of things. One is a tool that we really encourage couples to use, and that's called withholds. And withholds are, you can go back and listen. We've talked about them before. It's one of those tools where when there's something that's sort of frustrating, you're upset you about something, you want to be able to share that with your spouse in a way that doesn't attack them, in a way that just says, this is the way I feel, and it made me upset. But it, for every negative, you've got to balance that with two positives. And if you start doing that, it forces you to look at the positives, sort of like you were saying. And and I do agree on the other thing. I th- I can think back in our past, and, and oftentimes the little things that end up irritating you so much, really there was deeper root issues that we hadn't dealt with. Hmm. And because of that, and because those things were some things that we needed to confront and we hadn't, then that just made it easy that anytime anything happened, because that it's almost like that stress level, you're already up at a nine mm-hmm. and every little thing pushes you past that buzzer thing. So I would say like you talk, hey, learn to look at the positive, but really take a deep look. Hey, are there root issues here that we need to deal with? Yeah. All right, last question, and this is to both of us. We both have to answer it. Uh, this is sort of one of those reflection questions. We'll be married. We'll be celebrating 40 years of marriage this October, October 1st, 2023. We'll have been married wow. 40 years. 
All right. You got 40 that years to look back on. Seem right. Hey, if you possible. could go back. So Carla, if you could go back mm, to the and wedding, change one thing about the way you did marriage in your early and middle years, because I think we would say the last 15, I think have been really healthy and strong for us in those first 25 years. <laughs> that seems so crazy. That to seems think about. terrible. If there was just one thing that you wish, man, I wish we'd done this different, what would it be? Oh, my gosh. There were so many, but I guess. You only get one. I know. I basically spent a good bulk, bulk of those years trying to make Johnny B somebody he wasn't. I married him and liked all the things I saw when we were dating and engaged. But for some reason, when we got married, all of a sudden, things that he never had shown any indication that he was, or those were his strengths, all of a sudden, that's what I wanted. It was like I changed on you. And it was like, I love the spontaneity and you're easygoing and you were this and that. And all of a sudden we get married and I want you to be an A-type personality and driven and this and that. And that wasn't you at all. But it, but I, in my sort of warped way, spent years trying to force you to be something you would never be. And so therefore, I was missing out on all of your strengths and what was good. And I... I made myself miserable, and I made you miserable, probably. Yeah. And it was wrong on every level, but I didn't, I didn't see it. I didn't get it. And I, gosh, I wish I'd have had my eyes open sooner to what I was doing. And you know, I yeah, and there was. We had a lot of, you know, because of that I was felt criticized, I got defensive, I shut down, totally responded in a not good way. Um, but I was if, critical. If I wish that, you know, because I do that, there's so many things that I think we did wrong, our communication was bad, all that. If I could go back and change one thing, you know, we had this crazy life that early on mm. in our marriage, we had, you know, Zach who had heart issues and our life was just turned into turmoil, just lots of stress all the time for those early years. And then when Cole came along, same thing, man, I wish we had a mentor couple. Mm. I wish we'd had a couple and we, we, you know, we had different people in our lives and our parents gave great examples but somebody that we could have, that had walked life before us, that we could go to, that would be honest in love and say, man, y'all are messing up here. These are some of the things you need to do. I wish we'd had a mentor couple that could have given us some tools that would have helped us to handle things a whole lot better than we did. So that instead of having to learn from all our mistakes, yeah, that we could have learned from somebody else. Somebody else's or maybe their mistakes. Um, yeah. And, you know, some of that, I mean, maybe there was somebody, maybe there wasn't, but I mean, that's interesting. I don't think we really looked for anybody. No, we didn't look for anybody. But the other piece is you think, is that part of that facade that we talk about a lot of times that so many of us live with that we're fine? 
I mean, we're good. Yeah, we're we, these, we want to project that yeah. image that everything's good. I mean, we're stressed. We got this baby. We got this. We don't have any money. We got a thousand problems, but we're good. We're good. We're really good. And it was so not true, but that's kind of how you don't run around saying that. And it's part of what we've talked about on the podcast a lot. And one of those pieces of finding a safe place and safe people. So, yeah, I mean, that's a lot of couples are probably there and there may not be anybody they feel like they can share with. Yeah. And if if I could put a plug in right now and we're going to end with this. Man, I think if there's one thing churches could do to really help strengthen marriages is to develop a really strong marriage mentoring program. Yeah. Of training couples on how to mentor younger couples. Because I I really do believe if we had had that, that we wouldn't have taken so long to really uh, move to the healthy place that I think we needed to be. Yeah. So, uh, good hey, questions, though. I know they're good questions. A little bit listeners, hard. Thank you yeah. for those questions. Keep them coming. And, uh, you know, I think if anything, it points out that marriage is challenging. But the best thing we have going for us is the one who created marriage, God. Man, He is the one that is our biggest supporter when it comes to marriage. He is the one that wants us to help us and to empower us to have marriage the way that he designed it to be. And so on that note, we're going to say goodbye, and we just want to challenge you to keep on forging.